0: All right, welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast, episode 11. Fight, fight, fight! It looks like uh, we we had you uh, with another window open over there, but, you know, all transgressions are forgiven, sir. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. I'm looking at you like, come on, Dave. Don't yeah. screw that one up. Well, no, no worries. That was me. All me.
0: So, on to the uh, Fantasy Finish Line show. Uh, we are just wrapping up with week nine and moving into week ten. So, for most of you out there in Fantasy Leagues, we have only a couple of weeks left of the regular season before the uh, the Fantasy postseason begins. Where all those teams that have uh, that have come up with muster and the appropriate amount of fantasy football talent will meet on the battlefield to discuss who is best in a game of skill and a little bit of luck. Uh, so are you are you looking forward to that?
1: Yeah, you make it seem so much more epic than it is. I just want to like roast my friends at fantasy football and have bragging rights all winter long.
0: Well, it's all part just of point the same. To
1: trophy every time they come over.
0: It's all part of the same uh, animal, but hopefully uh there are some trophies that stay here at the uh, studio 265 uh more than um than than have been in the past sure. and i should say that right now we do have a couple trophies uh so i I'd, I'd like for there to be all of them but you let's know
1: let's add to the collection is what we're saying
0: you never know uh and and of course most leagues don't don't hold on to those trophies for longer than uh than a year per person. I, I haven't heard of a league yet where someone
1: Oh what if you win two years in a row.
0: Where someone walks away with something for a permanent, you know, like you got a belt, you have a trophy. Uh generally it gets handed on to the next person the following year. Yeah,
1: it makes it better. It
0: after makes you've, it more special. After you've done something nefarious to it, maybe, you know, sure,
1: for the championship trophy. We do in uh our Dynasty League give out sort of consolation trophies to fun categories that we come up with.
0: I think consolation might not be the right word, although we do give a consolation prize to the Toilet Bowl winner of each year's postseason. Uh, But sometimes we give away good awards. Sometimes
1: it's for good achievements. Sometimes it's for infamous achievements.
0: Like the Detroit Lions Standard of Excellence Trophy? Yes, exactly like that. Or the
1: the lowest high score (laughs) that you can get.
0: So, uh, so Jason and, and myself. My name is Dave. Uh, you can reach us at Jason at drinkfive dot com or David drinkfive dot com with any questions you might have, or just to you know poke the uh, poke the monster. Um, what are we drinking tonight?
1: Um, we have, I believe, a bomber that didn't make it back here. Um, it's Stone Ruination, right?
0: Yeah, two They say.
1: Oh, ruin! Is it twice the ruination? I don't think so. Or just I- a better type of ruination. It's a
0: different kind of ruination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and then we have a couple other uh, beers sitting here on the table, um none of which are going to uh, blow any minds necessarily, but some that I like from what is now a local brewery from uh, Lagonidas and it's I, now a local brewery. I'm just finishing up a new Belgium juicy watermelon, which should only be drink in the summer, but you know, I uh was low on beer. So this, oh, this is
1: interesting. When we drink this, we'll have to listen to the song it's named after. <laughs> Very cool, I had no idea that there was a song called Twelfth of Never
0: and uh, and we have a, and a it's little a Donny
1: Osmond song, so
0: we have a pair of scotch uh, over it's there for whenever more. whenever uh you know uh, it, the Twelfth strikes never so
1: you guys log into the chat room and tell us to drink a shot and we'll do it.
0: So um, generally, we, we don't jump off with this, but I think since and considering that uh, it's talking about the previous week, while we're highlighting some of those things that we thought about week nine, uh, why don't we jump into an article that you have um, each week, uh, and it's it's an article called Statistically Insignificant. In this case, uh, things that happened in week nine that uh, kind of jumped off the, the TV to you, right?
1: Sure. Uh, some things really pointed out, uh, really stood out to me. Um, so one of the things that I've been tracking all year long is how well wide receivers are doing versus running backs. And, uh, it's really sort of solidified this year that the running backs are just far better than the wide receivers. So when you look at the top 10 receivers, um, they only have two guys over a hundred points and only three guys over 90. Meanwhile, uh, there are 14 running backs that have at least 90 points. Um, so one one of the things that I take away from this is that, uh, if you have running backs and you're able to trade them for wide receivers, it's probably going to be a good move because the, there are very few receivers available who are doing well, um, and there are a lot of good running backs. And, and it's a sort of a crowded pool of running backs as well. So as long as you can, it, it'll be easier to replace your running backs than it will be to replace your wide receivers, is what I'm saying. So, um, you know, I, I think that when you've got running back depth, uh, you need to turn that into wide receiver depth And let other people, you know, uh, get hurt from it. That's sort of what fantasy football is all about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, um, and, and on uh, a subreddit, r slash uh, football on Reddit, which is a community that both you and I frequent on occasion, um, there is someone who brought up the same thing and and tried to explain why. We've gone through some previous explanations about things that you've said, things that I've said about the offensive line, uh, but it comes down to this year just the quarterbacks being injured or regressing. And there's a whole chart of all the starting quarterbacks and, and basically where they're headed on the trend scale of what they did last year and all of them pretty much. With the exception of just a couple, like Carson Wentz and some others that are younger quarterbacks, surprisingly, oh Smith is doing really well. Have regressed from uh, the previous year, so quarterback play going down means wide receivers obviously are going to take that same trajectory.
1: Sure, and quarterbacks are doing better than they were earlier in the year. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. Um, There was a remarkable play in the Rams and Giants game this week. So the Rams converted uh, on a third and thirty-three. They scored a fifty-two yard touchdown to Robert Woods. Um, That 3rd and 33 was the first time someone had converted a 3rd and 30 or more since 1999. Which I had no idea. I I suppose there's probably 4th down conversions after that. Um, But, uh, yeah, a 3rd and 30 or more has only been completed three times since they've been taking records. Um, So, you know, it it was pretty sweet and uh, we saw Jared Goff play very well in that game. He had Uh, 28.44 points, led all quarterbacks in points this week. They had four touchdowns, 311 yards, his best game of the year. Um, So I I think people were talking up Jared Goffley going into this game, uh, and he definitely sort of pulled it off and had a very, very good game. He was the best quarterback of the week.
0: They've been good all year, and you know what's interesting about him is that he puts up a lot of numbers, but generally tends to spread it around, making it so that there's not a whole lot of specific fantasy value in the wide receivers on that team.
1: Yeah. So the quarterbacks, if they're not... Um, you know, putting up gaudy numbers or at least getting more efficient. So, this week they had a touchdown to uh, interception ratio that's very respectable 39 touchdowns and only 13 interceptions. That's three to one. That's what, you know, Aaron Rodgers has on a season. So, um, it was a very clean week, at least for the quarterbacks, if it wasn't a dazzling week. Um, and we saw Ale- a couple of MVP candidates. Alex Smith was sort of the early season MVP candidate. Uh, he's been eclipsed a bit, I would say, by Carson Wentz. Uh Alex Smith finally threw his first interception in this past game. Uh also had two touchdowns to go with it. Wentz had another three touchdown game. Um his like fourth third in four weeks or something like that. Uh so Wentz is doing great. He's leading the league in um or third time this year that he threw four touchdowns for Wentz. He's leading the league with twenty three touchdowns uh through half of the season. So uh great you know, great season for once. The Eagles are eight and one. They're clearly the best team in the NFL right now. Um, so, Dave, do you think that they'll be able to keep up this sort of production through the fantasy playoffs? I don't. You know, I don't, I don't even have to worry about how Philly's going to do in the real playoffs. But you know, the fantasy playoffs are what we're looking for. Oh, um, well,
0: that depends on their schedule for the for the most part. But if everyone remains healthy on their team, and the addition of Jay Ajayu was really great, I think the Eagles are are, are in. You know, for for the whole fantasy postseason, yeah. Um, and one of the only people that could eclipse him as a, an MVP candidate could be a guy like Jared Goff if they go farther than Wentz in the playoffs, for example. Uh, second-year quarterbacks doing that well are is truly impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, so we had five ejections, uh, and there was three big fights uh, on Sunday, and they were making comments on it, um, you know, on the primetime games on Sunday night, on Monday night. We saw A.J. Green get ejected, Carlos Hyde get ejected, Mike Evans should have been ejected during the game, but instead got suspended for next week. He will be out. He appealed it, and it was denied. So um, they're also not going to have Jameis Winston. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are suddenly you know, cast adrift.
0: So did you see all the things they were talking about? Uh, Dirk losing the team, um, the fact that because Jameis Winston was was. He was maybe never really the guy that we thought he was he was just a guy that was uh, aggressive and could rush he's never really been a good passer in the pocket it was always like this year will be the year that he gets it together he figures it out etc but when you see mike evans I,
1: i'd like to give him a chance to be healthy still he did win the national championship and was drafted first overall i think that you know he needs a chance to throw the ball again um
0: I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but under, but regardless of that, he's injured for right now and for the next couple weeks. Apparently, uh, the quarterback there will be one,
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? So, uh, I mean, they might do okay. They're without Mike Evans this week. They don't have a, a real, um, they don't have a real grip on what they're doing as a team, and they might even, I hear, put in uh, some backups to Doug Martin to see if they can get a spark on the running game. So really, from a fantasy perspective, is there anyone there that's interesting?
1: Um, you know, Cameron Bray was doing well for a minute, and O.J. Howard looked good, and they both have fallen off the radar. Uh, that whole team may be like a sit at the moment.
0: That's what I think, personally, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, who's, who's going to be the number one receiver there without Mike Evans this week?
0: Um, I Can't even think of the depth chart. You, you basically there have Deshaun Jackson. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and then below Deshaun Jackson is a uh, a rookie um, draft pick that was actually pretty high up, Chris Godwin, uh, and he should be a, a good guy in a couple years when Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson are no longer there tying up right. uh, his receptions. But right now he's 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 been pretty uh, he's been pretty stable in his fantasy production with uh, very little each week.
1: So I actually like uh, <laughs> Jackson because Fitzpatrick likes to throw it deep. Uh, clearly, with the lack of weapons they have, they're going to have to use him. They're probably going to be down, so they're going to need to throw the ball deep. Um, so you know, Jackson and Fitzpatrick could be a decent like veteran combo.
0: They're just too unpredictable to to start a guy like that. You know, he's he's had two touchdowns this so far this year, and those two touchdowns were good games. But otherwise, if you're not in a PPR league, and even if you are, you can only really count on two receptions from Deshaun Jackson per game.
1: Look, they host the Jets. I mean, the, nobody's going to be able to stop anybody in that game.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I, am going to agree with your first sentiment, which is that you sit all of the Buccaneers. But I guess uh, in bi week hell, like you know, where we're still kind of in the middle of that, at least for this uh, this next two weeks, is it? Um, we have uh, we have a couple of guys that might be forced to play.
1: Yeah, four teams on bye this week. Um, that's true. I, I you know, like I said, I, I think Desan Jackson might be the only one worth starting there. Um, and then, so that was all the fights. I mean, you know, AJ Green had a terrible fantasy day because of the fight. Carlos Hyde was let off the hook because it was at the end of the game when he got suspended. Uh, Green will be back next week. They are not going to suspend him and they really need AJ Green. AJ Green's been terrible lately. He has uh um what was it? seven receptions in the last three games.
0: It's really Marvin Lewis and the coaching and management of the Bengals have it's been like ridiculous decisions.
1: Well, I know and they, you know, they fired the offensive coordinator after the first two games and then all of a sudden they were great for like three games and now they have totally fallen off a cliff again.
0: Yeah, well, they're, they're another team like the Bengals that are pretty lost this year, I think. But
1: They are the Bengals, in fact.
0: <laughs> I meant the Buccaneers. Sure. But yes, the, the Bucks and the Bengals have uh, serious issues, and I don't think they'll get anywhere near the postseason.
1: Very true. So, 263 points on the season so far. Uh, the Rams have, have 263 points. Uh, they have 51 points this week, um, and they are now leading the league in scoring 32.9 points per game. Uh, They finished last year in last place. They had 224 points scored all year. So over eight games, they have already passed their uh, record from last year. So um, it's been awesome. Todd Gurley is awesome. He leads the league in uh, fantasy points for anybody who's not a quarterback. Um, He has 10 touchdowns overall, 7 rushing, 3 receiving, 338 receiving yards, 5th in the league among running backs. Uh, It helps out Jared Goff a whole lot, I think, having... A guy like that that can catch passes and run the ball, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of rare right now. And we were talking earlier about the resurgence of the sort of um, big time back, but I think a lot of those guys that are running the ball a lot are not catching the ball. Like Adrian Peterson is getting 37 carries and like one target.
0: Maybe so. so. We do have a lot of new guys that are doing that. Uh, Alvin Kamara and yes, Kenyon need, Drake. And... You need
1: those guys. Those guys are going to be important and they're going to be very good going forward, I sure. think. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake is a guy who looked pretty good on uh, what they play Sunday night
0: yeah but the the coming out of college there's a lot of these multifaceted guys, and that's kind of the way that college football has gone lately, so you're seeing a lot more of that but you're right the older guys they're bringing them back to being a feature back, um, but a lot of them still like adrian peterson uh doug martin whoever they're they're not really uh receiving backs so You have to have another guy in there. He's not, uh, he doesn't have that fourth dimension that you need, right? So he's just doing, um, his, his one thing each time down the field. And that could work in a game depending on the scheme, or it could just go downhill.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's that, that wraps up the article pretty much. Just make sure to check it out every Monday. I'll post it in the afternoon, in the evening. You know, When you settle down for Monday Night Football, you can read the article.
0: So Juju Smith-Schuster just got his driver's license, for those people who didn't know, uh, which is <laughs> pretty interesting. He's the youngest guy in the NFL. He's got um, – and I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm going to put that aside. It, NFL uh, in general has kind of really sh- taken a liking to this guy because he's got cool celebrations. He's, a, he's got a, a story that's pretty interesting. Um, Still, I think if if his real name was out there instead of Juju and he was just John Smith on the Steelers, there'd probably be a lot less fanfare over this particular player. But hey, Juju, it was a good move uh, to to put Schuster on the end of your name, to change your name from John to Juju uh, as a nickname. All those things were good business moves, so maybe he's got a... A good agent or a good mom or something uh, kind of guiding his <laughs> direction there. Uh, Martavis Bryant is back with the first-team offense and will play in Week 10. There's no reason why the Steelers won't use him. In fact, they said that he kind of got over himself. He probably got shoved into a locker. Um, the the Steelers organization is <laughs> is not going to let you play if you're not going to help out. So. Yeah he's He's going to be a guy who might break out even though a whole lot of people have gone ahead and dropped him uh from their squads, but Juju is still probably uh at par with him or maybe even a little bit uh ahead of him in the reception game at this point, at least in theory.
1: so we got a question in the chat room uh Mr. Crinkle wants to know, is Willie Sneed worth uh stashing on your team? You know he's been rather underwhelming this year uh after being suspended for the first three games, I think it was. Uh, he, they didn't even activate him for the uh, first game back.
0: Well, you can feel that. I like the Saints, but uh, I'm not sure I like Mr. Snead.
1: Yeah, he has negative uh, 0.9 points on the year for uh, fantasy. So, you know, in the time he's been back, which is four games, he has three targets total. Um, last week he had no targets at all, no catches, but negative two points still. So he must have fumbled a punt or something like that I would agree with you Dave no Willie Sneed not worth stashing at the moment like you know there's there's much better potential out there on the waiver wire which I'm sure we'll touch on in a little while
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, so back to the Steelers for a little bit. Uh, Again, I think that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's giant game was great and good for him and bodes well, but he is still a young player. Uh, Martavis coming back, he can do things that Juju can't do, so there will be some things that happen with him that are not um, Juju-related. Uh, but thoughts on the Steelers offense in general moving forward, um, we saw Ben take some good steps, but obviously he has regressed a little bit from uh, you know two years ago and and before then and I think he's even opened up to that a little bit himself the The Steelers aren't about to move to someone else and they certainly they shouldn't but yeah, they, uh, it's
1: not like they have someone waiting like that's ready to go or anything well he's
0: not really ready to be moved out either I mean uh, after the the game no, where but beat.
1: he's said of talked about retirement a couple times now.
0: And they always do when they get older. I don't know why. It's uh, maybe yeah. because they got older. I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, these guys get beaten up, right? Yeah. So he's been in it for a while. He already has rings. It's not like uh, uh, he's not chasing any. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think they'll do well this week. I actually like Jesse James as someone who's interesting to play. Um, and I I well, think they that- play
1: indie. I mean, start all your Steelers.
0: Yeah, well, this is the point, is that we've been kind of moving up to this point where you're going to have a game where there's going to be a lot of touchdowns and a lot of offense. I feel like right after a bye week playing Indianapolis... We've
1: been waiting for that game from the Steelers all
0: year. This could be the game. They, they've,
1: they've done well. The defense is much better than it was last year. But the offense is not as good as it was last year.
0: Uh, yeah, and not yet anyway. Although, there's nobody injured, so that's a good thing. Always a good thing in the league this year when there's everybody injured. <laughs> That was a loud. Firmly knock, knock yeah. on wood there. Um, the Vikings will bring back Teddy Bridgewater this week and, and maybe move Sam Bradford to IR. There's been a lot of discussion about him going back for a second opinion or a third opinion, where he might just be sitting out the rest of the year, which is sad because he's a guy who, uh, in week one, really impressed the hell out of a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy teams. And uh, heck, people... yeah, Sam
1: Bradford, who broke the uh, completion percentage record last year. Started off the season amazing, and I think if he would have played all year, the Vikings have a great record. They would uh, firmly control the division, and he would probably be in the MVP discussion.
0: Yeah, and you're, you're not going to see, I don't think, Teddy Bridgewater move directly into his starting role. I think Case Keenum has that locked up until he makes some mistakes. Uh, but the Vikings organization really likes Teddy, wants to bring him back in. And so probably next year, and I know this isn't directly related to the fantasy season this year but i see next year uh teddy taking over in case maybe going to another team that's quarterback needy uh something like that could certainly happen
1: oh there's plenty of those out there right now
0: yeah robbie anderson is becoming a story 634.36 speed which he didn't do in the combine but he did do later uh, and continuing to perform at a high level with the Jets and McCown throwing to him. It's difficult at the beginning of the season to imagine picking up Robbie Anderson and starting him as a wide receiver too, just because we knew he did well at the end of last season, but you couldn't trust the Jets, one, and Robbie Anderson is uh, is only a uh, second-year player too.
1: And he did not start out the season very good at all. Um, so Robbie Anderson has really only come on in the last couple of weeks, right? Last two weeks he's over he's double digit points, sixteen point five last two weeks ago ten point eight last week, uh, but before that he only has one double digit
0: game. Yep, so he was trending up. So it's one of those things where uh, if if you were able to grab him already that's great. Otherwise uh, he's one of those guys that is going to be few and far between on the waiver wire moving forward, but could really help you as long as Josh McCown is healthy. But I think it's the kind of situation where if Josh McCown gets out of the game, and that could certainly happen, Anderson might just end up being a nothing again. Because he has the chemistry with McCown, and that's one of the big reasons why this is happening. Yeah, Um, There's some great and consistent kickers this year. More so than previous years, Jake Elliott, Harrison Butker, and Greg Zerline are guys that are putting up RB1 points in this league this year consistently. Um, And it's difficult for me... To, They'd
1: be your best wide receivers.
0: Right. It, <laughs> seriously. And it's, it's very difficult to drop some of those guys. And usually I would say that there's no problem with dropping a kicker. But if you own one of those particular guys during their bye week, I would have no issue as an advisor telling you to go ahead and keep them and drop one of your wide receivers um, that's sitting on your bench. Because those guys have been doing awesome.
1: There's 11 guys who are averaging 10 points a game or more. <laughs>
0: How many of those are kickers?
1: I'm saying those are all kickers.
0: Ah, and and so they must be averaging upwards of... uh, I didn't do the the research myself. I'm saying
1: the the top 11 kickers are all averaging 10 points a game or more.
0: I know you're saying. I'm saying saying these three guys must be doing substantially better than that. uh, But they
1: are, I mean, um, well, not all of them. I guess, uh, well, Caleb Sturgis is on there. He doesn't count, so call it 10 guys. But Greg Zerline, Harris, and Butker are the top two. Uh, Jake Elliott, it would be... um, down at third
0: at 11.75. Yeah. So these guys are great. They're scoring uh, so many points, so much more than usual, and a lot of that has to do with what we talked about earlier about wide receivers not doing as well. If you have running backs that are just running your offense, then you're going to get stopped sometimes. And when that happens, the kickers are going to kick. So wide receivers go down, kickers going to kick. Running backs go up and kickers go up, and it's it's a it's a relationship that um that we haven't put to an exact equation yet, but I'm sure that we could if we sat down and did some math. Um, it's interesting. Uh, so anyway, I, I think that you hold them through the bye. For example, it's Harrison Butker's bye week. I don't really see a reason why you'd keep a bunch of depth-wide receivers when the ones you're starting aren't scoring uh, you know, 12 points a game.
1: I guess the argument I would make is that because there is a lot of good kickers right now, that you, could, you, you would only hold a kicker through a bye week if you really had the open spot. I wouldn't drop depth for a kicker still.
0: Well, I think those guys are scoring enough points to to maintain their their place on a fantasy team. I mean, you got depth guys that are scoring four points a game right now, whereas your kicker might be scoring 12. So why drop him and pick up a guy who's... I
1: mean, yeah, I'm not keeping J.J. Nelson, you know, over a kicker, but I am going to keep, like, Sammy Watkins over a kicker.
0: Well, maybe. (laughs) Um, We can agree to disagree, I guess. Doug Baldwin is on pace for 146 targets, which would be a career high for him. Ten plus targets in three straight. He has Arizona, Atlanta, San Francisco, and Philadelphia next. Uh, obviously, you're not picking up Baldwin on the waiver wire, but if you own him, it's fantastic. And you got to look forward to these upcoming matchups when Baldwin's doing the best he's ever done in a year. And is that surprising, considering uh, just uh, just last year he was uh, he was heralded as uh, you know doing almost as well. Now he's doing even better.
1: Yeah, I mean he's on pace for 98 receptions this year. That would be a season, uh, career high. Um, you know, I, I don't know that he can touch his 14-touchdown total from 2015. Um, but, man, he he looks great. That offense really needs him. So, um, you know, they, they always seem to be in a position where they're going to throw the ball a lot because they cannot figure out a run game in Seattle. So even though Thomas Rawls has looked okay, looks like it's going to be just Thomas Rawls right now. Um, yeah, you know, Doug Baldwin, awesome. I was saying earlier, if you've got our extra running backs – you know they're so deep. You should trade them away. Try targeting a Doug Baldwin. He's got a very favorable schedule coming up.
0: Yep, could be. Uh, Josh Gordon is back in the building, and here's a guy who's not going to be playing until I think week thirteen. But then you have a guy who uh, who didn't exist before in this land of uh, of wide receiver. Um, uh, what what's the word? Um, Apocalypse, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's not that bad for some of them. we got guys like Antonio Brown. They're still performing, right? But, but there are some serious problems out there in the landscape. And uh, Josh Gordon could be a guy who gets you, uh, you know, your six, seven receptions in a PPR league. He's done that before. But he's also a guy not to get your expectations up for. So again, my my opinion is going to be: if you had picked up Josh Gordon, or if you can still pick him up if he's on the wire, he's a really good trade target to a team that uh, is headed into the playoffs already. Uh, especially someone who's interested in him or has developed Josh Gordon fever. It doesn't mean that there's a lot of cases of that out there, right? It doesn't mean that he's not going to be good in the postseason. But the Browns, in general, are you know they're just not a great team right now. So, if you can trade him to someone uh for for help now, that would probably be the uh the best case scenario uh for for a team that's not on the top of the world right now going into the fantasy playoffs who needs some more wins to to get there so i would i would uh shop him around or maybe him and somebody else and see if you can get someone who uh, who can bring you to the playoffs as well
1: That is a really cool detail. Check out the hole on the top of the pull tab.
0: He's talking about a beer from Lagunitas. It's uh, called 12th of Never Ale. And uh, and the hole on the top is, uh, is... Is their logo. Is pretty cool. They they die cut it out to be their logo, yeah. Oh, that is neat. That's neat. Uh, dart throws for the rest of the season. Uh, are there any guys that you think uh, are not being picked up right now that, that may end up doing well at the end of the season? Or guys like Willie Sneed, like... Uh, like our guest asked in the chat room, that maybe they've been dropped um, or maybe they're a hold on your bench that it's definitely important for you to keep hanging on to?
1: Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I, I just put in a claim earlier tonight for Marquise Lee. I think that he's still important regardless of D.D. Westbrook coming on. Um, but guys who are going to um, take off at the end of the year... Um, there's Marquise Goodwin right now, who is going to take the place of uh, Pierre Garcon. And, um, boy, I don't know. I mean, Martavis Bryant is available probably in a lot of leagues right now. He's only owned in 44% of Yahoo leagues.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier, is that Bryant might be pretty good.
1: Yeah, he's available for pickup. Mm -hmm. Ryan Grant, um, seems to get a lot of attention in Washington, uh, but not a lot of yardage. Um, but it's possible that with all the injuries there, he gets more attention, uh, more like long passes. You know, they had Brian Quick last week who looked good, and now he's in week-to-week uh, with concussion issues. <laughs> um,
0: well, those guys, they uh, you got to feel bad for them, I suppose, right? They're... Yeah,
1: I, I think Zay Jones has kind of fallen off now. Um, you know, there's not... I don't know, man. Wide receivers have been so down this year. There's not a lot of like hope out there. <laughs> I hate to say it, um, but uh, yeah, I I can't give many recommendations beyond the guys that I've reco- that I've mentioned already. I know Corey Coleman's supposed to come back, but he's on the Browns. What do you want to do with that?
0: Well, they have to throw it to somebody. But you're right; it's it's difficult. The, the thing is, there's there's always going to be people. Um, that that you c- could pick up, right? And then you have to kind of scoop up from the from the waiver wire. Sure.
1: So other guys coming back that uh, Mr. Crinkle mentioned in the chat room, um, Greg Olson, obviously. But I think a lot of people held on to Olson. Uh, let's look him up. Uh, he is owned in fifty percent of Yahoo leagues, so I think that you know it's possible that he's available in some of your leagues, as well as Danny Woodhead, Dave's favorite guy.
0: There are still a lot of guys that that aren't owned by that many. Only
1: owned in twenty eight percent of
0: leagues. You, you mentioned Thomas Rawls. I think he's going to take over the backfield there. I, Danny Woodhead. Um, it was only twenty eight percent owned. He's going to take over for Buck Allen. But you don't you don't have a guaranteed uh, date for when he's going to come back and start. Um, although they're saying week eleven. Um, guys like uh, Robert Woods and Marquise Goodwin, who again you mentioned uh, earlier, have have been good throughout the year. Um and, and they are kind of uh boomer bust guys. Uh, I like Josh Doxon still and he's still not owned by I don't think more than thirty percent of leagues and he's uh, you know, still scoring touchdowns and uh getting at least fifty yards per game since he started taking over for prior snaps. Um a guy I'll mention later,
1: um, I just I, I Doxon sucks. I <laughs> I just want to voice my uh, opposing opinion. Uh, he's in the I feel like he is not in very well with the team. He has 11 catches on 22 targets. Um, I, I feel like he's sort of being shoehorned in there, and is not a good fit, and they don't like him that much.
0: I totally disagree, but it's fine. Uh, I like uh, Ter- or sorry, Curtis Samuel on Carolina, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Yes, um, as well as Terrence Williams on Dallas, both of which uh, who are trending up. So maybe we should uh, should jump to talking about some of that stuff. Um, so doing a, a a discussion on some of these players that are trending, and kind of a little bit out of order also uh, discussing the uh, over-under bets for for this evening. Um, so do we have a, an over-under sort of summary of what happened for, for last week?
1: Oh, absolutely. So last week, um, we had five players to choose from. Uh, Kirk Cousins was playing in Seattle, and while he won, his line was set at 15 points, and he came well under. With only 8.28, he did not throw a touchdown in the game. So that's going to hurt you when you're a quarterback, of course. Um, Alshon Jeffrey played against Denver. Uh, His line was set at only six points because he'd been struggling. He came way over at 20.4. Alex Collins, who was leading the league in yards per carry, I don't know if he held on to that because he only scored 4.6 points. Um, No, it wasn't a great um, game, no. First game where he struggled. Granted, he hadn't been given a lot of work in the past, but that was the first one where he really struggled. Uh Jack Doyle played in Houston. Uh his line was set at six points. He came in just over at six point three. And then we had a tiebreaker because Dave had half the latter half. I hit the early half. Um the Jacksonville defense. We set the line at fifteen because that's their average on the year. Um they did their best. They scored 12, so that was under. Um I won it and I will be renaming a couple of Dave's teams as we play in rivalry week this week
0: all right well congrats it sounds like uh the it was pretty close and it has been uh, yeah it came down to the tiebreaker a couple of these over-unders so uh in in this week's discussion i i'm going to talk about some trending players and we can have a discussion about them leading into an over-under bet itself and all i really want to bet on is just uh some some good quality beers for our next show um, with one of our contributors, um, Mike, who will be on the show with us next Tuesday, I believe. Got so t- starting with Jordan Matthews. Uh, Matthews was, of course, uh, a great guy, a uh, slot receiver, a recent uh, draft pick uh, by the Eagles, and did well over there but was traded over to the Bills, at-, at which point he proceeded to get injured and break his thumb at the beginning of the season.
1: Two T's on that, Matthews?
0: Yeah. Since returning from injury in week 7, he went uh, 2 for 10. These are receptions and yardage. 3 for 21 and 6 for 46. So in week 9, doing 6 for 46, that was pretty good. Kelvin Benjamin was an inactive, uh, leading Jordan Matthews to be the number one receiver there. Now they do have uh, Charles Clay coming back, although I hear he is still a little bit hurt um, based on uh, last week's performance. He was in the game last week, right?
1: No, he did not come back last week. This week, then. He will be back this week, uh, according yeah, I, to the reports. I hear he's
0: a little shaky, but I, I guess they need a guy like that um, at tight end. And then uh, we have Zay Jones stepping up. Jason voiced his um, opinion about Zay Jones. He is a rookie, so they're always going to be back and forth. And uh, being on a team like this where you're forced into a role where you don't have a number one wide receiver you know, running ahead of you is tough. I think Zay Jones and Jordan Matthews will play a lot better with Kelvin Benjamin as a number one receiver on that squad. Um he Jordan Matthews will be playing exclusively in the slot where he's comfortable, and his next opponents are New Orleans and uh the LA Chargers. So we'll see New Orleans has, has had a pretty good uh he's had a pretty uh, New Orleans has had a pretty good passing defense just recently, and we'll see if that continues versus the Bills and uh Ty God. Uh, Taylor, as some people like to call him.
1: That's blasphemous.
0: So he, is, he is not that good. <laughs> he is trending up, but he hasn't scored over three points in the last three weeks due to a fumble in Week 9. So even though he had six for 46 in a standard scoring league, he still ended up scoring under three. So can Matthews bump up his performance to score at least six points in the coming week? So that's six points to Jason in a standard scoring league.
1: So he has broken that. Three times this year, uh, getting seven, 6.1, and 6.1. So I, I got to say, no, it's not happening.
0: Okay, I'm going over. All right. And this is versus New Orleans. Next, we'll talk about Terrence Williams. The last three games, he has put up zero for zero, two receptions for 36 yards, and then nine for 141 last week. And he looks to have developed some good chemistry with Dak Prescott. Um, Des Bryant uh, got injured and came out at the end of that game, but it wasn't really the thing that, that made Terrence Williams go off because it wasn't because of Des Bryant's injury at the end that he did well. Um, in fact, Des Bryant himself is only usually putting up about four or five receptions for uh, 60 or 70 yards lately.
1: Yeah, Dak Prescott is a very um, conservative passer.
0: So uh, Williams was just kind of out of his mind doing really well, and uh, I hear a lot of predictions out there that Terrence Williams has has really connected with Prescott over the past two weeks in practice and will continue to be a heavily targeted option in the game. They play Atlanta and then Philadelphia next. Atlanta is a good matchup for passing games, and uh, he went from 0 points to 3.6 to 14.1, obviously a trend up, poised to have a nice week. Uh, setting the bar at six points as well for him, which is a mark that he hadn't reached previous to week nine since the first game of the season. So can he do better or match um, basically how he did in week one because he hasn't been better than that, except for last week scoring 14.1 points in a standard scoring league. Uh, Again, I'm going to go over for Terrence Williams. Uh,
1: What is the line you're setting for Terrence then? Six. Six for Terrence Williams. Uh, So Terrence Williams... Scored his third most uh, yard, yards of his career last week. Um, previously, he had a game of 151 in his rookie year and um, a Week 16 game uh, in 2015 where he scored uh, 173 yards. Um, Thank you, so Mister Roto. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, he has entire seasons where he doesn't break 100. Um, this is a, you know this is something that happens to him every once in a great while. Uh, for the most part, he is going to average, you know, yards per game, probably fifty, uh, with no touchdowns. He only has twenty touchdowns in his career. Uh, I'm going to go under on that one. I, it's just the safer bet. I get that you're playing the trend on him, but the trend for him is to have uh, a huge game every year or two, and for the rest of the time, be you know, very standard
0: okay Curtis Samuel uh, for the last three games has gone one reception for 20 yards two for 15 and three for 23 that's over the last three games playing one more snap than Devin Funches in week nine and going up against Miami this week so let's look back at that Curtis Samuel is a guy who uh, who has been uh, markedly good in preseason Um, And regularly praised in practice But hasn't really had a role on the team As Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funchess Were the starting receivers Um, Now that Kelvin Benjamin is no longer In the organization, traded to the Bills Like we just mentioned earlier Curtis Samuel has the opportunity to step up And become a number two receiver on the Panthers um, it's it's easier when a top receiver is traded away, obviously, moving from 2 to 2.6 to 3.7. So he's still just creeping up the depth chart, but he got more snaps than um, than Devin Funches, who's their number one receiver last week. So that's a great sign for him to continue to be playing almost full time, if not full time as a wide receiver. Um, can he top the same six point number as the previous two wideouts started at? And that's, again, against Miami. Curtis Samuel.
1: He picked a bunch of six-point wide receivers.
0: <laughs> These are all about trends, man. Your, your turn.
1: Um, this is a delicious beer, by the way. As I think, I'll I'll just kind of gush about the 12th of never. <laughs> from a local brewery, Lagunitas. Yes. <laughs> um, Ooh, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with under. Even though they're giving him the ball on the ground, it... it that shows to me, when they do that with receivers, it's because they want to get the ball in their hands.
0: He's had two rushes in the last three games, so...
1: He has four on the year. You know, they they give it to him occasionally.
0: The point of these, for me, this exercise, and when we talk about trends, more than just the over-under, but the trends themselves, is to see if, uh, if the player's um, playing time snaps and trustworthiness in the organization will increase. So... For me, I think that's true of uh, of, of Terrence Williams and of um, of Curtis Samuel. So see, it, I
1: can see how you would say that about Samuel, because he's a rookie and he's coming up in the organization. They know what they have in Terrence Williams. I don't think his role is going to change.
0: Des so Bryant left the game and didn't come back last week, and I have a feeling that his ankle is going to be a lingering injury, which makes Terrence Williams more of a receiving threat for the next couple games.
1: Can I say that this under is... Um, Dependent on Ezekiel Elliott playing? No. (laughs) (laughs) Because it totally is. If he wasn't playing, I would think for sure they're going to throw the ball more. But with Zeke playing, man, none of the receivers are going to be reliable. Uh, But Curtis Samuel, I'm going to go under six.
0: Okay, I'll go over six.
1: All right, that's what I already wrote down. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, we have Joe Mixon. Uh, He has been, uh, for the last three weeks, the first week, uh, seven for 48 rushing on the ground and three for 20 receiving. 11 for 18 rushing on the ground the second week and 3 for 91 receiving and 13 for 31 in a touchdown rushing the third week and 3 for 15 receiving. So that's over the last three games. What you see uh, is, one, that he's not getting a whole lot of yards per carry on the ground. And that's also a bigger problem with the Cincinnati rushing offense in general.
1: 2.9 of the season.
0: But... He is receiving a fair amount of targets uh, and and then receptions. At least every game for the past three games, he's had three catches, um, and he turned those three catches into ninety-one yards receiving, which was fantastic. I believe there was a really big run uh, two weeks ago. Uh, So up against sixty-seven yard catch. Yes, beautiful. So up against Tennessee and Denver over the next two weeks, is he going to be a touchdown-dependent fantasy uh, player on your team, or can they actually turn around the run game and get it going in Cincinnati? Um, The question is, is he the guy? Jeremy Hill was even inactive. Is that going to continue to be the case going forward? Obviously, they've tried out Hill and and, uh, Bernard, not working that well this year. Uh, He went from 6.8 to 8.9 to 10.6. So will he stay trending up with a score of at least eight points? Yeah, moving up from six to eight. So there you go. Quality. <laughs> against Tennessee.
1: Uh, I think you get to go first on this one.
0: Okay. Uh, and the answer is yes.
1: You're going over? Over. I, I got to stay under on this. Let me tell you, man. Uh, no one's
0: going to score any points according to Jason. It's fine. N-
1: not that many points in my <laughs> book from these guys. So Joe Mixon um, is a player. He's not a plotter, but the team sort of produces plotters. Um, So it's the Cincinnati offense that's the problem here. Joe Mixon is a fine player. I think that he'll be fine in the league. Probably not this year, unfortunately, because I have him on a team. I'd like him to play better. But they play Tennessee in Tennessee. Um, I don't know that a whole lot's going to come of that. Then they go to Denver. Denver needs to fix their defense after giving up 51 points this past week. You know. I really don't see Mixon doing a ton in Denver at all. Wait till Cleveland, week 12. I think Mixon has a good game then. But for this week, you're setting it at eight points. I think that you know he's going to have 12 carries for 50 yards. He's very touchdown dependent, as you said. And he'll I also totally have agree with that.
0: three to five receptions for some amount of yards as well.
1: Right. And if he gets 50 yards and 20 yards, <laughs> then I win.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I think that his uh, his value has been trending up even though I totally agree with you about Cincinnati uh, their, their offensive their scheme is trending down yeah uh, Christian McCaffrey last three games uh, 7 for 10 yards rushing and 7 for 36 receiving uh, 4 for 3 yards rushing that was a Poor performance, in which those stats were mentioned in your article. Uh, 5 for 40, or was that the first week? Uh, well, anyway, one of those. Carolina's been pretty bad on the ground until just this previous week. Uh, and 15 for 166 and a touchdown rushing and 5 for 28 receiving this past week. So that's 15.4 fantasy points for Christian McCaffrey last week in a standard scoring league.
1: Yeah, he's he's incredibly uh, chaotic in a standard league.
0: With Stewart fumbling twice and seeding snaps to McCaffrey, and then the running game picking up uh, in the in uh, Carolina, that he might be an every week fantasy starter now, even in standard scoring leagues. Again, the reason that we do this and the and the purpose of the exercise is to identify those people that are going to be every week fantasy starters before they are. Um, so for Christian McCaffrey, and and honestly, I do like a lot of these guys this uh, coming week, uh, but for him putting up numbers four point six. 5.2, and then 15.4 in the last three games. Will the Panthers continue to lean on him, uh, or will they go back a little bit to Jonathan Stewart, and will the rushing game actually be able to succeed here, where, for example, it hasn't in the past several weeks beforehand? So 10 points on Monday Night Football for Jason.
1: For Christian McCaffrey, huh? Yep. On a standard league. So that's very touchdown on dependent. Um, they're playing Miami. I kind of feel like going over just because I haven't gone over any of them. Um I feel like Miami might be able to win, but then I felt then again I felt that on Sunday night, and they proved me so wrong. Um, this, 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 this is a toughie. I, I would have to say that um, Christian McCaffrey in a standard league, he's great in a PPR league. He really is. Um, is gonna go. Well, he's going to go over 10, right? No, he's going to go under.
0: Great. I'll go over. So all over for me and all under for you. That's uh, easy to keep track of, yeah? Yeah. So uh, good beers uh, this next week. And uh,
1: I'll add that first word there. Good beers. I just wrote beers for next week.
0: Yeah, you got to bold the new word or something there. Quality beers for next week. Um, and that's always a fun game to play. Uh, invite you guys to go ahead and, and send us your remarks on those as well. Uh, I've got a couple articles to go over really quickly but first uh, a little small commercial break from our uh, from our musical artists.) <laughs> It's been fun so far this evening. Let's let's go over one of our contributors' articles. This uh, one is from Jim Hutchins. So shout out to Jim. Five pickups for week 10. Jim, he'll be on the show in a couple weeks. A uh, a lot of what we discussed previously we might bring up again. Ten one-
1: pickups for week 5? That's not a very good article right now. I'm sorry? I said ten pickups for week 5. Who not said that? Article. That's what I said.
0: Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, five pickups for week 10. That's the the correct way to phrase that particular one, right? Uh, Marquise Lee in Jacksonville has has done pretty well. Thirty eight percent owned in Yahoo, based on the, the time of uh, of writing of this, which was yesterday. Uh, he's currently twentieth in targets for all receivers, but has only found the end zone once. But uh, he is still having so much um, uh, so much success with Blake Bortles in the passing game as the number one target on that team that he's he's going to be doing well. And I'll tell you this. I, I happen to like Blake Bortles. When you compare guys like, like Jameis Winston, for example, we were talking about earlier, who everyone seems to give all the chances to in the world, even though I don't think he's a great quarterback, uh, Blake Bortles is is a guy who has done pretty well himself, but been put into bad situations, and, and people act like, why isn't he doing well? I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't have an offensive line. <laughs> like, Dave,
1: Colin Kaepernick <laughs> is a better statistical quarterback than Blake Bortles.
0: Yeah, because of the situations that they're in, my friend.
1: Blake Bortles is on one of the best teams of the year. He's not lighting anything up.
0: Bortles is doing just fine this year. He's just he's
1: he's, just, he's become a game manager, and that's not what they want. It's not what anybody wants.
0: What I think is happening is he was put into conservative play calling at the beginning of the year in order to uh in order to put Leonard Fournette into the offense and concentrate on the laurels of the defense that they knew they were creating. However, over the past couple games, uh, Blake Bortles has been allowed to shine, allowed to throw the ball downfield, and did really well. So if we're looking at trends, over the past couple games, he's been great. And three
1: touchdowns the last three games, only one interception. That's better, but I, I, he is far from great. He's got one game this year with multiple touchdowns.
0: Okay, he, he's putting up yardage for his receivers, and he's keeping the interceptions at a, at a, a minimum, which is more than I can say for Jameis Winston. Um, anyway, moving on to well, Matt. Yeah, I
1: mean, where's where's our quarterback line this year? There's always a line. There was the Jay Cutler line, and then the Andy Dalton line. Where is that line this year?
0: It's Who pretty bad that? because quarterbacks have been bad across the board. I,
1: I totally agree that line's coming down this which year, which is why I think Bortles is, is Bortles above the line.
0: I think he's on or above the the line.
1: I, I think he might be the line. <laughs> I think it might be the Blake Bortles line this year. He's in his fourth year. He's worthy of of you know something like that
0: perhaps Um, but I think he's in such a good situation this year but he's not being asked to to win the games and that's always the problem isn't it Uh, if you're the quarterback and you're not you're not like a a a fantastic all-star quarterback and you're you're being asked to throw 50-yard passes like you know what's going to happen right
1: they have a really good defense they have a better offense they finally won two games in a row um, you
0: didn't think that was going to happen. Dude.
1: No, I did because it's an odd number week. Next week when they play the Chargers, they're going to lose. because uh, It's an even number week.
0: Yes, because superstition is real. That's right?
1: different than superstition. That's just random patterns. Okay. So anyways, I mean, you know, I just... I think Blake Bortle is that line of, like, mediocrity right now. And when you have that line, you, you stay with it. You know, the tie goes to the... Guy on the line.
0: I can't argue for or against. You have to tell me where where the quarterbacks stand as far as their
1: uh, is each other, right? Yeah. And so of course, and you know it's a sort of an ongoing, year long discussion.
0: I just want to participate in the conversation. I, I I have no I have no facts or figures to participate with, but I would agree that I think that he's probably the middle of the quarterbacks or higher, and mostly because a lot of the quarterbacks this year are terrible, and we talked about all the things that happened because of that. The wide receivers are worse. The kickers are better. The running backs are better. These are all things that have to do with the quarterbacks being so shitty this year. It and, is, yeah. And uh, it's, that's too bad from, a, I guess, uh, from a fantasy perspective if you went into the year drafting a bunch of wide receivers like people have done over the past couple of years with great success. Um, Matt Forte, 42% owned. He looked like he was over his turf toe injury as he rushed for 14 times for 77 yards and two touchdowns. He's not always going to score two touchdowns, but he was in the right place for the right time. And Bilal Powell, who's been a pickup for the past couple of weeks, looks to have uh, ceded some of those carries to Forte because he's picked it up at the end of this year. What is your opinion about Forte? Uh, is he someone that you could maybe uh, use as a trade target if he's, if he's not available on the wire? Just buy him really low for a receiver or something?
1: You know, I've never been very good at uh, predicting how well Matt Forte is going to do. So I will just kind of, you know,
0: not... He's not participating in the Matt Forte all Powell race. Kind
1: of. I mean, look, he scored 21 points last week, but his previous season, I was nine in week two. Like, it's not... There's no consistency there. Well,
0: turf toe injuries last uh, several weeks, if not entire seasons, which is why Jim brings up the fact that getting over a turf toe, he could be coming back to actual, uh, you know, uh, the play that is going to give you points as a fantasy owner.
1: They play Tampa Bay next week. uh, This week. Great. They're on by the week after. They play Carolina after that. If Luke Kuechly is still healthy, I probably wouldn't want to start him. Um, And then they go Kansas City, Denver, New Orleans, some good defenses. Kansas City, of course, not great against the run. But who knows if uh, they're going to want to use Elijah McGuire or Bilal Powell more. Um, You know, maybe his turf toe flares up again. I would definitely not uh, buy... Lie low on him.
0: So you don't believe in Forte, that is fine. Robert Woods, uh guy on the Rams, 34% owned. Uh the Rams offense has been good all season and Woods has a great matchup this week against the Texans defense giving up almost 260 receiving yards per game. So we're looking at uh you know a an Aaron Rodgers game every week being given up against the uh against the Texans and and now they don't have an offense to to compete against. So you might see um, Robert Woods blowing up. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. On that team, I feel like there's not a consistent guy that they that they target every week, and maybe that's part of uh, McVay's plan is just to be so weird. Spread every it around week so much that who knows?
1: You know, Woods is is definitely their best receiver this year. Over the last four weeks, he has 19 catches, five, 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 and four. That's good consistency. Uh, his targets have gone down a little bit, but really, I mean, you know, eight, seven, seven, five. Uh, they didn't have to throw it as much last week.
0: Well, him and Cup get a lot of targets. What they seem to do is take Watkins, throw him down the field, pretend like they're going to toss him the ball, and then just throw it to, to Robert Woods. It
1: is, it is the most play action, play action ever. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, we have to respect the run because of Todd Gurley, so we're going to play action you all the time, all right. but never actually throw it to Sammy Watkins. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like they're faking themselves out. Um, but well, this is going to be Robert Woods' best season of his career, almost certainly. Um, he's going to have, you know, he's probably going to break all of his career uh, marks in yardage and touchdowns and everything. Does this make him a wide receiver three? Probably because there's nobody who's there's nobody who's starting with like average double digit points, really. Well, the problem like is he
0: scored two touchdowns, but they were his first two touchdowns of the year. It's not like he's been scoring a touchdown occasionally. You know he's not going to suddenly be the top touchdown scorer on the Rams. He's I, I think it's one of those things where they game plan for Woods to be an end zone threat this game.
1: Well, he had sixty six seventy and fifty nine yards before that. So yeah, he's
0: a possession receiver stuff is happening with him. Yeah. Um. So you're right. It's it's a weird it's a weird kind of thing. He and has
1: terrible numbers against the Texans. He averages eight point five targets per game against them it only has 2.5 catches per game.
0: I don't know if I like those kinds of statistics though. That's so weird. Like that's against only over 2 games against a particular team on another team, like it's that's tough to <laughs> follow over, you know. Um Charles Clay on Buffalo 13% owned. He is set to return. We talked about him earlier after getting injured in week 5. He should be one of the number one targets on the Bills offense except that now it looks like they've got uh Jones, Matthews and Benjamin It looks like the Bills are are a full-fledged team again. They have a quarterback who is above average.
1: They are in first place, I
0: think. They have LaShawn McCoy who is uh, above average. They have above average wide receivers and an above average tight end. So you know how their offense should perform over the rest of the year?
1: Above average? Yes,
0: sir. That's exactly the right answer. (laughs) So I think Charles Clay uh, should be good. But anybody coming back from injury, especially an injury that looked like his, which I thought he might be out for the season if you remember that, yeah. Um I I think it's going to be tough for him to go back uh, in stride to 100%. So he might be on a snap count or something but uh you got to play him I guess in in uh, a tight end league this year for example where you don't really have 10 guys that are scoring a bunch of points every week. You really only got a top like 6 or 7 each week. It's one of those years for tight ends where if you got to scramble to uh to pick up somebody. Yep. Uh, and then the last one is another tight end Greg Olson who will be able to return in week 12, and you know they're going to use the heck out of him. Uh, Greg Olson is awesome as a blocking tight end, awesome as a is a passing tight end, and he's going to be in there every single snap as long as he's healthy. So yeah. if he's available, you're taking him this week, or you are not getting him, because he's going to go from 50% to everyone, uh, discounting those, those uh, leagues that aren't, like, operating anymore. <laughs> you know, when I when I see something go leagues from... where
1: there's three people left and they have Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, and Travis Kelce. Well, let's be
0: honest. Like, he's gonna his stats are going to go from, like, 50% to, like, 90%. But those other 10% of leagues don't even, like, no one's even playing in them. Right. So I wish there was a way for Yahoo to sort of cut those to off. filter that, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, also think about it, too. He's only in 50% of leagues. That's probably a bunch of leagues that... Or that's probably a bunch of teams that quit early in the year and just never dropped him. Yeah.
0: That certainly could be the case. So we are uh, running out of time, but we will still field any questions that you guys have right now uh, in the chat room. And then, of course, if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to this broadcast live and you're listening to it later, thanks very much. Uh, You can pick us up at Stitcher.com or iTunes. Uh, My my rankings for Drink 5 are up now, and they were up earlier today on Fantasy Pros. And uh, the rankings for Week 10, some guys that I do like a lot, Tyrod Taylor, Frank Gore, Devin Funches. I like Sammy Watkins to to be getting a couple of those passes. You know, we talked about this uh, off the broadcast, Jay, and it's tough to trust a guy that only gets a couple targets a game, but if they keep giving him long touchdown passes like that, then I'm still going to trust him until they stop throwing it to him. Uh, Mohamed Sanu is always a good target, even though Atlanta's offense is having some serious problems. And my kind of sleeper pick of the week uh, is Jesse James, tight end of the Pittsburgh Steelers against Indianapolis. I think he will just destroy the Colts because there's so many targets on on, uh, on the Steelers. There's no way for the Colts to defend them. And you know what? It's the easiest thing for uh, Roethlisberger to do besides pass to Le'Veon Bell... Kick it off to the tight end or throw it to the tight end in the red zone. <laughs> so I'm thinking at least a touchdown in, in like seventy yards for Jesse James this week.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Anything else you want to add or any other questions we have in the uh, in the chat?
1: Uh no, I don't see um uh, Mike thinks or Matt thinks it's gonna be an Austin safarian Jenkins revenge game against Tampa Bay.
0: Oh, that's great. Is that where he uh he drinks like uh two bottles of Crown Royal and falls off the wagon?
1: Oh man. I, I mean, with Josh Gordon, probably.
0: <laughs> uh, I like Austin Severian Jenkins, and I think he should have done better over the previous weeks. But almost every single game, he has a, a touchdown pass or or a long pass that that falls short. You know, whether because of him or the quarterback, he's a great tight end this year. Though he's he's doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So so well. pay attention to uh, to our site and uh, of course uh, on social media, facebook.com slash Drink Five Network, twitter.com slash Drink Five. Um, Instagram.com slash drink5 uh, And you guys are always Welcome to give us a shout out or, or a call on your own social feeds Or ask us questions We'll be happy to answer Cheers and uh, and drink5
1: well,
0: you know I did it It's over and I feel fine Nothing you can say Is gonna change my mind Night. Nothing like the taste of sweet decline. I went down, I fell, I fell so
1: fast.